the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRoxtra. Parts of the Gulf Coast under a tropical storm warning as Hurricane Nate expected to make landfall tonight. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards says residents should get where they need to be before the storm hits. It is critical uh, that everyone uh, who's been told to evacuate uh, or would like to do so, that they do it now. Uh, do not drive after nightfall. Communities along the Gulf Coast are already imposing mandatory curfews, ordering beaches and piers closed, and issuing voluntary evacuation orders. Eleven people were injured, nine taken to the hospital when a taxi plowed into pedestrians outside the National History Museum in London today. Police are calling it a traffic accident and not an act of terror. And Hall of Fame basketball great Connie Hawkins has died. Hawkins played with the Phoenix Suns, Lakers, and Hawks. He was 75. This is SRN News. Don't miss an evening with Elder on Tuesday, October 24th. Tickets will sell out fast, so get yours now at am1280thepatriot.com. An evening with Elder brought to you by Lucky's Station and AM1280, The Patriot. Just after 2 o'clock and the second hour of the Northern Alliance Radio Network is coming up next year on The Patriot. Glad to have you with us. We want you with us for an evening with Elder coming up October 24th. That's a Tuesday. VIP tickets are almost sold out. Room for about 10 more couples at the VIP dinner. Get your tickets at am1280thepatriot.com. From the Benjamin Franklin Plumbing Weather Center, we'll see gradual clearing as the afternoon progresses and we'll hit the upper 60s for a high, a low of 48 for tonight. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651 651- 289-4488 is the number to call. Uh, join us, won't you please? We're also found on Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N. Uh, my, my name, Mitch Berg, again. Uh, and I'm also found on the web at True North. Uh, LookTrueNorth.com is the address, should you care to look at it. It's a, it's a curated uh, list of some of Minnesota's best center-right conservative uh, writing uh, anywhere in the state. It's the official center for center-right political thought in the entire state, and it just turned 10 years old. So it's got uh, legs almost as much as uh, this broadcast, which is, again, going on 15 years old here. We're just past our uh, 14th and a half year anniversary, which means... Uh, it's straight downhill to 15 years here. There there will be a party. Speaking of parties, we'll be talking about a couple we have coming up here in uh, in Patriot World. But first, it's uh, my pleasure to welcome our next guest to the broadcast from the Republican uh, Liberty Caucus. Uh, Xavier Bickett joins us. Uh, Xavier, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, it. Great to, great to have you here. It's uh, it's uh, It was touch and go up to the last second there, almost literally. <laughs> we made it with a minute to spare, but it's all good. So uh, so we've, we've, we've talked before. We had you on the air, I believe, in Duluth at the state convention up there. You and uh, one of your associates. Yep, Andrew uh, Schmitz. Andrew Schmitz, that's right. You were for the Republican Liberty Caucus, and... It's it's been interesting watching uh, the Republican Party over this last since they they've gone into power. It's an observation we've had with a number of different Republican liberty activists over the years is that once a party gets into power, the purity of principle uh, has to give way to the, to the need to govern, especially govern against a, a governor that is quite hostile, passive aggressive, and willing to use the veto pen. Where is uh, we'll, we'll talk about the practical uh, practicality of Minnesota politics in a moment here, but for a moment, let's just uh, talk about the caucus here with the Republican Liberty Caucus. Who are they? What do they do? Uh, what do we need to know about them? Sure. So the Republican Liberty Caucus, uh, we're the conscious of the Republican Party. That's how we like to um, 
to tell, talk, tell about who we actually are, because our job is to help keep that principle before a party, the principle of liberty. And so, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me, ha- I know I was almost running in late to be here. I was going <laughs> to go to the Students for Liberty has a regional conference here at the U of M, and coming from all, all over the region, and I was really trying to make it out there, but I do have another RLC member that's that's down there talking about the, another liberty organization, Ladies of Liberty Alliance. Okay. Um, but the Republican Liberty Caucus, so we are a part of the party. We're actually an affiliate arm of the party. Right. Um, so we are Republican liberty-minded people, libertarians, if you would say. Right. Um, we, we go to caucus. We hold uh, positions of leadership within the Republican Party. Right. Um, we try to endorse candidates that, you know, some of them are challenging current, you know, current sitting officials to just push that liberty message out and get them to come back to the principles of liberty, which we feel that is what the Republican Party should be um, around. And I couldn't agree more as someone who left the GOP to become a big L libertarian years ago and came back when I realized the debate club wasn't moving the needle. Uh, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> with you there. But yeah, interesting, you, you pos- posited the RLC as the conscience of the Republican Party. And of course, you could ask that of, of number, you could get that same answer from a number of different groups. I mean, the Minnesota GOP has more consciousnesses than Sybil at this <laughs> point. I mean, 16 at least. Uh, how does the RLC uh, go up against some of the, I mean, what's, what's it like playing in the same sandbox as, say, uh, the, the, the various pro-life caucuses, for example, which would probably be seen as knocking heads at the RLC? So we, you know, in the past, it, let me do a little bit of a history. You know, it got it grew tremendously during the Ron Paul um, uh, presidential campaigns from 08 to 012, uh, 2012. Yep. Um, and then it started falling off once people felt that the party wasn't welcoming in this more libertarian philosophy and values. And a lot of people got discouraged or left or became anarchists, right? The joke is how far from a libertarian um, to be an, an being an anarchist are you? Um, so there's been some transformation. And I think a lot more people are more liberty minded. They just aren't happy with being a part of the party structure. Yeah. Now, and, and I and I think, I mean, I look at it with some historical context. I've had at least a toe in Republican politics for 30 years now. And when I see where the Republican Party of Minnesota was in the 1980s, basically DFLers with, with nicer suits, uh, DFLers who, who favored slower increases in tax rates, DFLers who, who perhaps were a little less uh, diligent about uh, sapping the Second Amendment rights. I, I, I see the parties come a long way in the last 30 years. Obviously, there's a long ways to go, especially after this last session, where a lot of, uh, I, I think it's fair to say, a lot, a lot of liberty issues uh, got short shrift. I think they did. I think sometimes when there's... Uh when people are in a position of power, it's almost like on the national level, it's kind of the same thing. Everyone campaigned against repealing Obamacare. And right. now that you actually have the power to do it and you have the votes, supposedly, no one, everyone's kind of afraid to do it. So yeah. the talk and the walk aren't really going the same way. Now, we just, uh, the RLC, we just hosted a governor's forum. Um, and it was about two hours long. I moderated it. And a lot of the governors were, were, were selling themselves as a liberty candidate. Maybe not the liberty candidate, but as close as they could be that we talked about. Liberty-ish. Liberty, well, I mean, they knew who they they were talking to too. Right. It was the Republican Liberty Caucus. What are they going to say? No, I'm not a Liberty candidate. That's right. That's right. So, but we, you know, they all said that they supported uh, stand your ground laws. They all said they supported um, uh, constitutional carry. Like they had, they held a little stick that said yes or no, and they had they held up a stick. Okay. Um, and so that that was good to see that now they are able to walk this game. Now let's or talk the game. Let's see if they walk it. If they, if they get elected. Yeah, and, and of course there's the, the the little matter of whatever they do, they have to get it past a governor that is basically, I mean, Governor Tina Flint-Smith, who will <laughs> get her mouthpiece, Mark Dayton, to sign a veto on pretty much anything that Ken Martin and Alita Messenger don't want to see. So there is that. I mean, and, and I, for one, at least having seen the way Senate leadership caved to the idea of a veto, uh, despair of anything really useful happening over this next session here. But we'll, we'll come back to that. I mean, the practicalities of trying to actually govern as opposed to state principles, which is, of course, you have something you have the luxury of doing when you're the minority. You can state principles all day, you know, all you want, and, and no one's going to hold you account for them come election time. But let's let's talk about what the RLC's beefs are with the Republican Party. I mean, clearly there's a difference between the RLC, especially after 2008, 2012, where there was a lot of bad blood got engendered one for one reason or another. Let's talk about let's let's talk about the the opportunities for improvement that RLC sees. So I don't really look at I have I don't play negative politics. I don't like right. doing negative politics, but you know, hence I'm, I phrased it opportunities for improvement. Yes, which I appreciate. Now I wasn't around in 08 actually. I did not get off my butt and stop yelling at the TV and the computer screen until 2012, till two, 
the winter of 2011. Okay. And um, I finally saw, you know, I found out where the Ron Paul office is and I went. Now, I think a lot of that bad blood has gone and passed, to be honest. I think the party has done a lot better job welcoming these people into the, welcoming the Liberty people in the party. I mean, they did run into a China, like a bull in a China shop. They were upset. They didn't really know the process. Uh, with caucusing and whatnot. But I think, you know, I thought Downey did a pretty good job of making everyone feel, feel welcome um, for the most part. Uh, Jeff Johnson did a great job when he gave his speech at the, at the state convention. I don't see that bad blood anymore at all whatsoever. Right. But the, what you talked about, the opportunities moving forward, I think what things that we're trying to do as the RLC is we're starting to ch- – we want to start um, introducing – uh, lines in the platform start making that platform more libertarian because if you're if you're a governor or legislator and you see this platform of what the Republican Party says they are supposed to believe in and they see more liberty issues then they they have like man I should I should support these now are you talking about the Dostoevskian platform <laughs> that 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 uh, thumps onto people's chairs at the beginning of the convention or are you talking about the statement of principles that, that has been floating around as sort of the executive summary so a little bit of both, and I know it's more of a symbol than they have to follow this, right? right? Who actually follows the platform, right? Right. So it's more of a symbolic movement of saying, hey, the people that want to be active and the people that are activists in the party, here are some values that they believe in. And that's just one prong of the attack, I guess, if you could say, of what we're trying to do for improvement opportunities. And honestly, I have spent several years focusing on the statement of principles. And I don't want to harp on it because it is a largely symbolic – both of them are largely symbolic documents. But there were some people of of a – small l libertarian persuasion involved in the drafting of at least the first of those statements of principles what would you like to see change what are some line items items we'd like to see as as larger principles adopted by the party as opposed to individual platform chapters and verses so then that's a good point so the statement of principles i really did not have much of a a gripe with it i was actually pretty supportive of it because the platform i mean you're getting down into a lot of minutiae that it's not really worth doing, yeah. you know. So, but uh, you know, what I do want to say is some legislative uh, uh, priorities or things that we could put into the platform. Where it's like you're not going to have your statement of principles being legalized marijuana, you know, or you know, getting rid of speed limits or seatbelt laws, you know. And I'm just throwing some examples out right. there. Not that that's those are the things we're trying to fight for all right now. But right. if you put those into the platform as legislative issues, I think they, it's going to change over time because your values change over time and what's actually politically. Uh, Doable changes over time, but I can share with you if we have time. Yeah, we got time. We get okay. the whole hour. We get the whole hour. So uh, one thing we are working on right now. Uh, you're on social media a lot. I'm, I'm assuming every once in a while. Do you see the viral things about taxation is theft, and they write it on their receipts? And no, I never seen that. No, <laughs> no. So one of the things that we are working on right now, we have some. We have some in the in the draft stages is tax free tips. Okay, and it's a. I'm thinking looking at this as a small win for liberty, and we're making the case that a tip is actually a gift, right? You know, because it's not a wage. You didn't sign a contract for this. Someone's giving it to you out of the goodness of their heart. You could provide a great service. I could provide a great service. But if I'm prettier than you, I may get more of a tip. Or if I'm a single mom, and or if I'm pregnant, and you know, I give my story, someone may actually give you a bigger tip. Works like a charm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use that a lot? <laughs> I've worked in the business. Let's just say, yeah, no, I've been, a, I've worked in bars over the years, and it, you've, you've, you've mapped out human behavior correctly. No, you're right, and, and it is, it, it would be an interesting idea. Let's talk, let's talk more about legislative priorities. Sure. In fact, I mean, principles are cheap. Standing up for principles in this society, whatever you also want to say about the United States, nobody in America dies for their principles these days. So that's easy enough. There but, are some. I think there are some good. Good people out there, but sure. I'm not going to hold it against them if um, – how do I want to put this? I don't think that they can always get everything they want done, but being afraid to actually stand your ground and say what you believe in and walk the walk and vote no on things, yeah. then do that. Even if you may lose the small you know, the small battle, I still want you fighting towards the big war. No argument there, and I'd, I'd love to see a lot more backbone on these things. In fact, in fact being a Second Amendment ad, ad, activist and advocate, I would have loved to have seen a Warren Limmer – and Paul Gazelka say, okay, I dare you to veto this, Governor Dayton. This is a principle that reflects the people who put us here. And if you want to veto us, yeah, we will, we will wave that in people's faces come this next round of elections. So uh, there are some principles, and it's not all Second Amendment stuff, but yep. there are a few principles I'd love to see them standing for. But let's map those principles to some le- legislative pieces. What, sure, sure. uh, what would the RLC, and we'll have about 40 seconds to talk about this for now, but just at a high level, so, what are some things you'd like to see? The, the, I, I would like to see the Republican Party come more towards recreational legalization of marijuana. I'm not saying that 
bring out the whole heroin and the cocaine and the opioids. I mean, I think it's a very basic step first. If we're supposed to be the party of individual responsibility and limited government and, and we don't need the government always looking over your shoulder, then show that in, in this actual example. You have all the Democrat governor candidates that I think are competitive, except for one that's supporting recreational marijuana, right. and none of the Republican candidates are. And I'm just imagining right now college campuses, you have a college student, right? And you're looking over there, there's a Demo- the Young Democrats booth, and you see the Young Republican booth, and you see legalized marijuana over here, free college. And, and all the Republicans over here saying, oh, we're going to make the greatest economic boom. You're going to have so many job opportunities when you go to college. What is that college kid going to say? And how are we uh, going against our own statement of principles of personal responsibility, limited government? We're not allowing these kids or even adults make these decisions for themselves. Let's discuss that when we come back. Let's take a quick break. We're talking with Xavier Beckett from the Republican uh, Liberty Caucus. Uh, 651-289-4488 if you have questions. Uh, for Xavier or myself, questions, concerns, observations, uh, or you just want to jump on board and volunteer, we'll take you out about other way. It's Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty, The Patriot. Go now. We'll be right back. The world is a more dangerous place now than ever before. So who do you trust for security at your business or for your next event? Here at AM 1280, The Patriot, we trust Midwest Protection Agency. Their staff is highly trained, incredibly professional, and provides services such as executive protection and transportation, corporate security, and workplace violence security services. To contact Midwest Protection, visit them online at mwprotection.net. That's mwprotection.net. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-721-4880. That's 800-721-4880. 800-721-4880. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. If you're a sleep apnea sufferer who's on the go, go to your phone and call right now to try the world's first portable mini CPAP device, absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP, an engineering marvel that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. Its unique design is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. No more dragging around a big, bulky CPAP. Even better, now you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights by calling minicpap.com, 1-800-915-2344. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. You can also add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. So now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't wait. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-915-2344. That's 1-800-915-2344. Financial Fortitude with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. There are safe investments that take out the risk of loss. And that sounds too good to be true, but it's not. There's hybrid investment vehicles that have been created. Things change all the time. We always say, you know, we used to ride horses, now we drive cars. Investment vehicles have changed. Financial Fortitude with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. Saturday at 3 and Sundays at 11 a.m. here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network talking with uh, Xavier Beckett of the Republican Liberty Caucus. We'll be back with uh, Xavier and your phone calls for him at 651-289-4488 momentarily here. But uh, first, 
two parties we got to talk about here, other than the Libertarian, Republican, and, and DFL parties. Um, by the way, Eric uh, called with a comment saying the Republicans should change their name to the Republican Farmer Labor, Labor Party to to basically co-opt the farmers and laborers who are have at least come over in those last several elections to the GOP. I say go on one better, change the name to the Democrat Farmer Labor Party and really confuse. And that'll make Minneapolis elections really competitive for the first time in 60 years if we have two DFL parties. That might just work. Uh, And change everyone's name to Anderson while we're at it. Anyway, uh, a party that uh, has no ambiguity to it whatsoever is our evening with Larry Elder uh, coming up on uh, Tuesday, the 24th of October, just two and a half weeks away. Uh, tickets started just 15 bucks for the main event. VIP dinner tickets, that's the fun one, 99 bucks. There's a limited number of tickets still available for the post-show uh, party, which, by the way, is a great idea. I've been, I've been wanting the station to do these post-show parties with some of these Salem people. With Larry Elder, it should be a good time. Uh, details and uh, tickets are at am1280thepatriot.com, brought to you by Lucky's Station and am1280thepatriot. Uh, by the way, we'll have another party to talk with you about in just a few moments here, so go nowhere. But with us to talk about a part of the Republican Party, the Republican Liberty Caucus, Xavier Beckett uh, joins us. Uh, the, the, the tax exemption, at least state tax exemption for tips, I think absolutely brilliant. And I, I would love to latch on to any effort to push that because that would be that's just a brilliant, brilliant idea. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's a small win, we think, you know, it's on the principle of. Instead of the government, you know, the the Democrats or liberals are arguing about $15 minimum wage and that they're there for the little guy. Um, You know, we're changing the script a little bit and saying instead of forcing the having the government force employers how much they have to pay their employees, let's let's keep the government out of, you know, prevent the government from um, taking money out of your paycheck. And so it changes it a little bit. Absolutely. It does. And and for and for service workers who don't live in Minneapolis and St. Paul, it actually make a difference. Absolutely. Now, legalizing marijuana, now leaving aside whether the Republican Party is ready for that or not yet. And boy, I think I I think we both share questions about whether the the state itself. Well, that's That's a whole other conversation. State of Minnesota itself. I mean, other than college kids. Uh, do, you, do you think that the state of Minnesota is ready to bite that one off yet? I think the state of Minnesota is going to wait a little bit longer to see how it's working in other states, right? What's happening? What are the social economic uh, um, implications? You know, are people needing more treatment because it's legalized? Is there less crime? Because usually crime revolves around something that's illegal. Right. You know, if it's no longer illegal, I see. I think you see a drop in crime, yeah. um, at least just the little drug skirmishes. Um, but I think, you know, maybe the police department's a little worried they're going to lose funding. If there's no more longer this war on drugs, well, then they lose funding because they don't need it. And so there's a lot of things at play. And I think we have to – it's not just about marijuana itself. It's the principle of – you, should the government be babysitting you? And you hold the argument, well, we need to prevent, uh, we need to keep marijuana legal. It's a gateway drug or people are on treatment and then the taxpayer base is paying for their treatment. But if you take some of that money away from militarizing the police because of illegal drugs and start using it towards rehabilitation and treatment, that and that is really, and that's more compassionate than sending a drug user to jail. It's a nonviolent, you know, crime. So that that's the kind of... Um, principles and arguments and values we're trying to instill in the Republican Party. And if they're ready for it, maybe not. But we're, we can't give up. Yeah. No, and, and by the way, it's it's music to my ears. As, as someone who's lived in the inner city for the last 30 years, I see the damage that the war on drugs for the sake of a war on drugs has caused. I mean, the, the murder and, and 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 crime related to the black market for drugs kills a lot more people than, than overdoses. Uh, at least before the opioid epidemic struck, sure. uh, which is another whole story. But, but, but I mean, pot isn't especially much more dangerous. I've never smoked it in my life, by the way. I personally would favor legalizing and working towards the legalization of marijuana with a concomitant law that would allow non-smokers to smack stoners upside the head. <laughs> Give them a good smack once no, in a while. No, we believe in non, the non-aggression principle. Okay? Well, so. there, we, there we part. <laughs> I, I consider it intellectual self-defense. Anyway, okay, that's right. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. A bunch of calls on that. Let's go to Brooklyn Park. Richard, you're on the air with Xavier Bickett of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Go right ahead. Hi, hey, uh, I would ask you how you're doing, but I'm not smoking marijuana, so I don't know. You know, it's you know, uh, we're I'm kind of a Polak from Northeast Minneapolis, so I'm kind of scratching my head on. So vodka is your drug of choice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, no problem. You got a question for Xavier? Well. 
we have crime on the streets, functional literates coming out of the school, meth labs, street gangs, third-degree sex offenders coming out of prison. Our government's worried about secondhand smoke, and people want to legalize marijuana. And I listen to all of the crap that's going on in Colorado uh, with marijuana being stuck in cookies and candy and everything else. And I've got a CDL license, a commercial driver's license, and marijuana hangs in your system longer than liquor and everything else. And you want to sit there and legalize it, and we pass all of these stupid laws of no texting while you're driving, but you see how many people are still doing it, no drinking and driving, and how many drunk driving auto killings have we had that Richard I gotta say that was probably the longest most efficient use of a single breath of air (laughs) I've ever encountered and I say that with all due respect a lot of good points in there and I'm glad you were able to to get that out without passing out seriously there was there's some good questions in there and thanks for your call we can address a couple of them here Uh, two of them strike me right off the bat number one the experience of Colorado and the other states that have legalized or partially legalized marijuana. Does this inform the RLC's uh, push uh, so far to to try and legalize marijuana in Minnesota? So I don't know what the long-term implications are going to be. I know what some of the short-term implications are, how much revenue they've generated, where um, some of the crime statistics. Um, but it's it's again, it's more on just the principle of does the government need to babysit you and watch you and and not allow you to decide what you put in your own body you know they always say the doctor should you know the government shouldn't be between you and your doctor depending on what happens with you um so if you if you believe in these principles then you need to apply it across the board not just pick and choose when you want to like with alcohol and and I agree with the caller uh, Richard about you know the, the marijuana stays in your system a little bit longer and I think some of the things that we have to decide as a society is you know, how is an officer going to test to see if you're impaired, right? Like some of those things still need to, need to get worked out, but you have to start the conversation now instead of waiting because it, it's, you know, 10 years away, 15 years, how long, however long away it is. Um, but again, it's, it's more on the principle, not necessarily just marijuana itself. Right. And, 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 and the fact is the vast majority of, of the crime that has happened when it comes to all illegal drugs is the black market to serve the illegal demand for, I mean, for which people are willing to kill. I mean, the, the, the relatively harmless buzz uh, that, that, that people get with, with, with uh, marijuana that's come over the border is accompanied by people getting murdered to clear the way for the traffic and over that's the horrible. turf. And, and that's caused vastly more damage. I mean, you just look at, at the, the carnage in, in every major city. And it's 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 taken what were used to be just tough neighborhoods and turned them into ghettos, into shooting galleries, into places where uh, where 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 crime is is the primary business. The black market is the only functioning business in some of these neighborhoods. He mentioned schools, by the way. Sure. That's one in particular that I that I, is is schools in the inner cities, terrible places to go to school, largely, and in part because they spend so much time dealing with the fallout of the black market. Not. Yes, you, you deal with impaired people. I mean, you deal with those in, in poor schools all, and sometimes wealthy schools all over the place. But it's dealing with the fallout from the black market, the war, the, the, the drug war, the, 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 uh, the, the constant dislocation and terror that goes along with that, that that's causes a lot of the problems in the schools. I think if, you know, if. You know, so far, I think, you know, marijuana has been kind of decriminalized for the most part in our state, right? Yeah. They've done, you know, I mean, but if you're caught with more than, what, an ounce and a half, you can face up to 10 years in jail, a $10,000 fine. That's outrageous to me. I mean, that to me is, you know, these people don't need to go to jail. They need help. If they're addicted, then they need help. They don't need to go to jail. But I think if, if the recreational marijuana use becomes legalized, what will end up happening is we kind of be regulated like alcohol is not allowed on school property, like t- tobacco. And I think that I don't think you're going to have that same issue. I mean, because there's drugs in the schools now and they're all illegal, you know. So how much of it's really going to change? I think it's if you do education on how much this can affect you. Because I remember D.A.R.E. Um, when I was in elementary school, D.A.R.E. What is it? Drug, drug abuse resistance. And education and training. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know. The education part is, is I think, is going to be even more important. And I know people that got, once the medical marijuana came out, you know, they use it for seizures and they use it for medical, you know, medical purposes. But some of it, you know, still has a little bit of effect on them. And, you know, they shouldn't be driving when they're on it. Maybe they shouldn't be, you know, 
probably not doing the best if they're you know doing schoolwork. You know, they have to make that decision. As a general matter of principle, I think libertarians, people, even small L libertarians, believe in in regulating behavior rather than necessarily what people do. What people do is what they do. Less what they do, more what they do when they're doing it. As far as that goes. Uh, so anyway, that's that's. Uh, we go another segment here, I think, can't we? Sure, I think, yeah, so, I absolutely. Can, yeah, I'll stick around. Absolutely. We're talking with Xavier Bicker, the Republican uh, Liberty Caucus here. How can people find out more about the RLC? I mean, you, you, you go to our website, rlcminnesota.org. It's a, uh, the website's great. We, we just had our governor's forum. It's about a two-hour-long forum. That will be up on the website very soon. Um, our social media live stream and feed is through that. And so if, you, if you're interested in following us and what we're planning on doing or interested in joining, go to our website. Um, and, and send us an email. I'll be happy to respond. Absolutely. If you've got questions or comments uh, of any sort on anything you're hearing or other ideas for the RLC, give us a call, 651-289-4488. You can join us with me on Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N if you have questions or comments. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Good darling, Molly. Shame on you. Because Molly made a few that will make really want to be the only person in Minneapolis that can't brag about their plans for the big game? I mean, you could have some random sports bar, or you could actually have an exclusive star-studded four-day experience with limitless marketing benefits, custom big game branding opportunities, and category-exclusive indoor and outdoor branding activation VIP packages. Or there's some random sports bar. It's your choice. If you're serious about huge brand benefits, be a part of this massive local event. Make plans worth talking about. Visit BigGameMPLS.com for more info. That's BigGameMPLS.com. The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up-to-the-minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. America's veterans are more than a source of pride. They're a source of strength. When our veterans thrive, our communities thrive. With your support, our veterans can get career and education opportunities as well as benefits they've earned. Hi, I'm Congressman Eric Paulson. Join me in thanking our nation's veterans. They've given so much. Find out how you can support veterans in our community. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. For many businesses, hiring is tough, which makes it critical to choose the right place to post your jobs. You need qualified candidates fast and on budget, and you don't want to sign a long-term contract or pay upfront fees. That's why you need Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. Independent research shows Indeed delivers six times more hires than any other job site. You can post a job in minutes and even set up screener questions to help you zero in on qualified candidates. You can review applicants, take notes, and schedule interviews, all from an easy-to-use online dashboard. For a limited time, Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to make their first job listing a sponsored job with premium visibility so more candidates will see it. You want to make a great hire fast, and this exclusive offer gives you a head start. Find out why over 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. To redeem this offer, go to Indeed.com slash radio. That's Indeed.com slash radio. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. If you care to join us. We'll talk in the streets as you may go solo. Yeah, I had to mention Tom Petty passed away this past week. Is it too early to ask what did he know about Hillary Clinton? Yes, it is. I won't even ask. More on that later in the broadcast.
Speaking of which, two days, uh, one day after the 38th anniversary of me seeing Tom Petty for the first time on Saturday Night Live on November 11th, 1979, I will actually be uh, having a party myself uh, featuring a little bit of Tom Petty music. The, the, uh, the debut album release party for my band, The Supreme Soviet of Love, will be uh, taking place Sunday night, November 12th at O'Gara's. Uh, in St. Paul. Doors open at 5 o'clock. Elephant in the Room opens. Uh, Actually, they have a bunch of Tom Petty stuff in their set uh, to pay homage at that point. But then, of course, the Supreme Soviet of Love on stage at 8 o'clock doing the debut of uh, the album, uh, Sea Red, which is going to be dropping here sometime in the next few weeks. Actually, just uh, finished mixing Thursday night. Goes to mastering on Monday, and bada-bing, we're on our way. (sighs) <sighs> Got to come with some album art now. Anyway, so check that out. November 12th. Hope to see you there. Uh, if I, We'll be posting some uh, invites to people uh, out on the blog. It's shot in the dark, that info here shortly. But talking with Xavier Bicker, the Republican uh, Liberty Caucus here. So let's. we've been talking about legislative priorities. We've been talking about principles. We've been talking about inertia, inertia in the Republican Party. Let's talk about inertia in society. Liber- liberty, we were talking about during the break, yes. is a hard sell for a lot of people. Uh, we've got, a, especially in Minnesota, especially in the metro area, we have a lot of people for whom government is the norm. Government intervention, involvement in their lives in the, is the norm for them. There's so much. I mean, if you think the Republican Party has got some inertia, where do you get to? Highland <laughs> Park in St. Paul, Crocus Hill, where everyone works for a government-linked nonprofit. How, how do we as a society, over at a party, as a, as a group of people who are concerned with liberty uh, and furthering liberty and safeguarding liberty in our society, overcome that inertia in our society going forward. So as we were talking off air, I think some people are afraid of liberty. They're afraid to be free. Right. They, they like someone being there as to take care of them in case something goes wrong. Yep. Um, they, they, they want to have this, uh, it's like their safety net. It's their peace of mind knowing if something bad happens, the government will be there to help me. And that's just a culture. And there's nothing wrong with that culture, but it's when you when your values are start being imposed on other people. I think people do kind of like a safety net, you know? Yeah. Now, well, there's safety net on the one hand, and then there's uh, the assumptions, like we heard uh, from Larry Pogamiller back in 2012, when he said, in as many words, and I quote, it's absurd to think that people can spend their money better than government can. He was the Senate Majority Leader, <laughs> one of the most powerful people in the state of Minnesota. He was not some, he was not a Londracano, some nut bar on the Minneapolis City Council. Uh, the idea that, that even that... No, this is this is one of the most powerful people in mainstream Minnesota politics, and he represents an awful lot of people who believe, who, who probably wouldn't argue with that conceit, the idea that, that people aren't as smart at devoting their own resources, at allocating their own spending, at living their own lives as government is at directing them. I don't think it matters to be – I don't think the argument should be whether or not people are smart enough to manage their own money because uh, – Probably some people aren't, right? You know? But it's do they have the right? Sh- should they have their money taken away from them because they don't know how to spend their own money? Right. And I think that's really the where you have to draw the line. And any any representative or politician or elected official that's a libertarian, I think, has a harder job than everybody else. And oh, the yeah. reasoning for this is you have to prove you can solve problems without creating a law, without taking tax money from people. So where libertarians have an uh, have a harder time as we were talking off air is like it's a debate club who can be more libertarian and, and you're arguing over philosophy and the, um, theology instead of necessarily how do we solve this problem without government and those are the actual debates and discussions we should have not who's more libertarian than the other person the purity testing in the and I've talked about this with other libertarians including some elected officials uh, from the libertarian party people actually went and got themselves elected which violates some of those very purity exactly. tests <laughs> that's right oh you're part of the system now you <laughs> status that's right <laughs> Part of the state. Ergo, you are a state. Exactly. It's impossible to be pure enough in the Big L Libertarian Party. And and I'm sure the RLC catches some flack from the pure Big Ls for, for, for sullying their principles enough to join. I don't really get a lot of flack because people kind of know me and they know my style. And I, I, I do. I'm not a very I don't like negative politics. I don't believe in I don't, I'm not going to say I don't believe in it, but I just don't like going that route of confrontational politics. Right. Now, but, you know, when it comes back to, you know, politicians and like officials solving problems, sometimes I've, I've sat in my backyard before and I've looked at the houses around me and I think to myself, we all own a lawnmower. We all own a snow 
snowblower. You know, if, if I was a, a politician or was trying to be a community organizer and organize my community, my block, why don't we, you know, all just buy one super nice ride, riding mower and, and a truck with a plow on it, and we could get everyone's yard done in, in you know, half the time. But it's everyone's so used to kind of like some of the libertarians have a bad name because they like being in their own little bubble. It's like I don't worry about the world around me or I don't care about other people. And I think, you know, that's where a lot of libertarian values and this like leave me alone, don't tread on me stuff is kind of um, it's hurting the the values and the image of what libertarians are. Yeah, it, it does. And, and and the idea that you can completely divorce these principles from the society around you, that you can, that you can live as a, a little bubble of pure principle in a world of, of profane influences is 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 self-indulgent i can say that's a, that's a nice neutral term for it indulgent. <laughs> that's right and and, and, and and by the way my observation from the, the height of the ron paul era is when you're trying to I mean, just trying to elect a president who espouses near pure libertarian principle uh, in a society where you have 50 odd percent of the people who are perfectly fine with some level of government, everywhere from safety net to the Larry Pogamiller uh, types. Who, I mean, you, the, the, the conundrum is to get the society Ron Paul wanted, he would have had to have staged a coup, oh, imposed man. himself as an absolute libertarian dictator, <laughs> and forced freedom on people. <laughs> you know, I give that man a lot of credit because he actually yeah. was the one who inspired me to be more involved in how government works and yeah. how things happen. And uh, that man, is, I just think he's just a great man. I, he is in a lot of ways. And and, and I'm, you know, I will break with some of my pure, L, uh, pure big L friends and, and saying his son's uh, is, is a necessary, uh, is very much needed in Washington as well. I think I, I endorsed Rand Paul back in 2012. I was Rand's regional director for his presidential campaign. I believe yep. I knew so that. I ran Minnesota, North Dakota, and Kansas, and I was down in Iowa. Uh, had a great time. It was probably a dream job for me getting to meet all these different people. Um, but we have to remember with Ron Paul, I don't think people gravitated him just for libertarian principles. Right. And I think some of us forget that where we thought this great libertarian wave is coming. And that was just one part of the campaign because he also won on being the outsider candidate, right? right. So that libertarian portion was just one small piece. And I think as much as people like to believe in libertarian as, as, a, as a great uh, way to have society, I don't think that was the only reason why he was so successful. No, and and, and that's and that's all, and and it's but it was a, a confluence of different things. Yeah. Obviously, he filled a need that a lot of people felt. That wasn't just a big opening. Like you said, it was it was a lot of other things that he said that made a lot of sense to a lot of people, including a lot of people uh, from across the aisle completely. I mean, I, I, I knew a few socialists who became Ron Paul people and went back to socialism, back to, yeah. which is, <laughs> someone was outside their uh, their their corner of the pool. But uh, let's uh, go to the phones once again uh, in Minneapolis. Pat, uh, welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air with Xavier Bickett. Turn off your radio, by the way, please. Yes, hello. Hi. Um, yeah, hi, Xavier. I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation. I think some of us Republicans, uh, well, of course, agree with the liberty. Uh, we don't want to have to have the government get into our tax pockets all the time for one thing or another. Uh, and my beef especially is when we have to pay taxes for something that I personally don't believe in, and that's paying taxes to fund abortions. Now, I don't think that we pay our taxes for irresponsible sexual behaviors any more than we should pay taxes uh, to pay for the insurance premiums of irresponsible driving behavior of teenage boys. I think it's what's the difference, you know. I don't think that we should be doing that. If they want to do their thing, then they have to pay for it. I don't think we should be forced to pay for it, and that's my big beef since, what, 95, I think, that one judge said we have to pay for it. Our taxes went up that first year, a million dollars we had to pay for this. Absolutely. So I don't know what your position is on that. Do you think that the government should be in, involved in taking our taxes for that or, or anything else? Or thanks, what, for your, your thanks for your call, Pat. I think that's uh, kind of a slam dunk uh, question right there, Xavier. So there's a few things. Obviously, I, I, most libertarians, I think, will agree that their tax dollars shouldn't be used to pay for abortions or to pay for anything that they don't agree with uh, morally. Um, or to, to their values. And when it comes to insurance, I actually used to work in the insurance industry. I was a service rep and I did sales for personal lines, you know. And with when it comes to insurance, you're, 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 you're being pooled in, and that's not government, it's not a government pool, it's a private pool 
um, and you're sharing risk. So insurance is actually um, risk sharing with someone else. You're transferring risk so that if something happens, it's it's pooled into with everybody else. And you would have to, if you really wanted to believe in your personal principles, Pat was her name, I believe, yep. is you would look, you'd have to pick, you know, look through your companies and they may have reports that show how often accidents happen. Um, and there's some for profit and there's some mutual companies. You would want to look and, and maybe some, you know, because some insurance companies have different rates for different types of drivers, different types of people. Some are more at risk pool. Some are very safe. Some insurance companies only really write for the safe, college-educated, bachelor's, good credit people, and maybe that's an insurance company you'd want to do business with. Absolutely. And by the way, that's 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 something where the the liberty liberty movement in general uh, has been direly needed is is is, the, is explained trying to explain to people that Obamacare involves basically the abolition of all the principles that makes uh, insurance a viable free market uh, option for uh, life's emergencies. It, it turns it from insurance to cost. Sharing. One of the great achievements they made was they got 50-odd percent of the people think cost sharing. Well, sharing is good. <laughs> it's not. It's a very, very bad thing when it comes to well, insurance. Well, they're, they're making you pay for things that you don't necessarily want to pay for. And I think that's that's a problem that people have with when they're forcing you to pay for this type of coverage and this type of coverage because of the pool that you're in. And it takes uh, – and it, and it completely it takes risk and, and the behavior modification to avoid risk out of out of the equation. And, and it may not have sunk in yet. But eventually it starts to sink in with people, as it does in single-payer countries. Your behavior doesn't matter so much because it all goes into the same pool. It all comes out of the same pool, and it goes back into the same pool. Anyway, Xavier Bickett, it's been great to have you on the broadcast. I have to do this more often here. Uh, I'll um, invite me back. I'll keep you updated on the tax-free tips stuff. Tax-free tips would be great. When we get towards the beginning of the session, that'd be great. We'd love to have a chat with with you folks and some of the other groups that make up the GOP's many, many consciousnesses. Appreciate it. Great to have you. Glad you could make it down here, Xavier Bickett. Ladies and gentlemen, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM. What's the website one more time? Uh, the website is rlcminnesota.org. I'll post that at Shot in the Dark, that info shortly. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Uh, when we come back, Tom Petty passed away this past week. Perhaps you heard about it. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up-to-the-minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. From Struck Films. Where did you come from? The true story of a stray dog. Who are you? That's Pluto. Who saves a struggling family in more ways than one. What's wrong? This isn't working anymore. Sometimes help comes from the most unlikely places. I don't need you. He's trying. He really is. Sometimes one dog can change everything. You don't have to be small anymore. From the director of The Other Side of Heaven, The Stray. Rated PG. For theater locations and more information, visit thestray.movie. In theaters now. About one in five veterans coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan suffer from PTSD or traumatic brain injury that often leads to depression, self-inflicted injuries, and even suicide. Having a trained service or companion dog is proven to help ease suffering. Pets Loyal to Vets was founded in 2012 as the first nonprofit organization in Minnesota to train dogs exclusively for Minnesota veterans treated for service-connected traumas. Support the cause at PetsLoyalToVets.org. That's Pets Loyal, the number two, Vets.org. Mike Gallagher here for Relief Factor. You might be asking, who should consider ordering Relief Factor? Well, anyone with pain that's keeping them from doing things that bring joy to their life. Maybe taking a long walk, not having the pain, riding a bike, playing golf again without pain, opening a jar or sewing or using a hammer, even rolling out of bed every morning without pain. For me, I had hip replacement, and then I had a little bit of a scooter accident in New York, left me miserable, aches and pains, until I started taking Relief Factor. Heard about them on the radio, I started to take Relief Factor, pack it in the morning, a packet in the evening. You know what? I was completely pain-free. I want to prove it to you by you taking the three-week quick start from Relief Factor. It's only $19.95. Do you know 80% of those who take the quick start order again? We know it works. So if your pain isn't worth 
the price of a cup of coffee a day to lower, then you're not in much pain. If it is worth it, try the three-week quick start. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Relief Factor. Excitement, knowledge, income, and protection. We hear these words every day at the Online Trading Academy. Now is the perfect time to call. Yes, life is busy, but it's time to learn new skills to protect and grow your money on your own and create a second income you will use forever. Register for a free $500 investing class by calling pound 250 on your cell phone and use the keyword OTA or go to learnwithota.com. AM 1280, The Patriot. Oh, yeah, Tom Petty passed away this last week. And, and I'm given to a little bit of a, a little bit of hyperbole when it comes to music I really like. And with this album, it was entirely justified. Hard to believe it was almost 40 years ago. By the way, Damn the Torpedoes by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And now we're at the post. I was 16 years old. 15, 16, I forget. It was in ninth. Ninth grade, I think. When I first, maybe tenth grade, uh, somewhere in there. I was, and as as some uh, some of the other singers that are popular in the era pointed, I was at that time. I was a little too tall; could have used a few pounds. Uh, and I remember reading something about this Tom Petty fellow in a in a magazine uh, newspaper review. I think it was. I maybe maybe not want to like him for whatever reason. I'd never heard him before. I mean, not like you got a lot of that kind of radio in Jamestown, North Dakota in 1979. You didn't. Uh, I just thought, I'm not going to like this guy. He sounds like kind of a, uh, what I, kind of a schnook. And I, I was watching Saturday Night Live. I remember it very well. It was November 11th, 1979. And Buck Henry was the guest host. God only knows why. He was guest hosting SNL all the time back then. He was one of Lauren Michaels' friends, I guess. And Buck Henry introduced Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and uh, there were three drum beats and three chords of the song we now know as Refugee uh, off of the album Damn the Torpedoes, and and I almost gave myself whiplash because my attitude about Tom Petty changed from ignorant ambivalence to, oh, good Lord, this is the musical reality I've been looking for at this point in my life. And by the time that song was over, I was just a stone-cold fan. They did a couple of their songs that night on Saturday Night Live, and I stayed up and watched them all. And that was Saturday night, obviously. Uh, the next morning, I went to went to Sunday school, you know, the, the high school Sunday school, and I did something I rarely did at the time. Uh, in the half-hour break between that and church, I went over to White Drug on Main Street in Jamestown, which had a little record uh, section and and had one, count it one, count it one, copy of Damn the Torpedoes. Big red album, absolutely unmistakable. I thought, wow. And I bought it. I took seven seven of my hard-earned dollars and I bought that record and took it back to church, went up to one of the classrooms, skipped church, just sat in the classroom with a couple of my friends, Matt Anderson and Kerry Kleingartner and Mike Almer. I still remember the three of them. And, and found one of the turntables in the classroom and played that album all the way through. And it was just like someone had pulled a curtain away from my brain. All the stuff that came from through American music after the British invasion, all the influences of the birds and the Beatles and some Rolling Stones and some Stax Volt music, everything from Booker T and the MGs to Sam and Dave to a little bit of everything that happened in American music, except the hippie stuff, except the heavy metal stuff, except the hard rock stuff. It was all right there. It may have been 
one of the most perfect rock and roll records ever made. And it may have been perfect because of, in part, that song you just heard right there, even the losers. I mean, the line right there, if you're, if you're an acne-ridden 16-year-old who's scrambling to find a date for the, for, the, for the dance that weekend, and you hear someone say, even the losers get lucky sometime, I, I thought, wow, that's a promise that I can hold in front of me. <laughs> and I did for many years, trust me. Uh, and uh, there have been a couple of great reviews, uh, I should say not reviews, but retrospectives on Tom Petty's life and career this this last week. Uh, one uh, from, uh, I forget his name, reviewer, National Review, the guy who does who, who passes for their music reviewer. Excellent reviewer. And I say he's an excellent reviewer because he has very, very similar tastes to mine. Uh, in many ways, uh, pointed out something about Tom Petty that that has eluded me for years, but it's absolutely correct. He's a fairly regular-looking guy. I mean, he's he, he's not drop dead, uh, drop dead striking, looking like a Freddie Mercury uh, type character. He's and, and as the reviewer said, he doesn't have a singing voice that you can hide terrible lyrics behind. He really does. He has a terrible singing voice, right? I mean, not as bad as mine, perhaps. But not good. I mean, not, not. I mean, it works for what he's doing, obviously, because he's built quite a career around that voice. But he's built most of his career around that songwriting, around that production, about that, that style, about that that ability to digest a couple of decades of what was the best about American rock and roll at that time. And, and and put it into records that could grab people by the liver, as my college English teacher used to say. Don't grab people by the heart. Grab them by the liver. It's the internal organ that actually controls everything. And it did. Uh, and, he, and he did for years and years, decades after that. Uh, Damn the Torpedoes, of course, one of the three best albums of the 1970s, along with Born to Run and uh, Night Moves by Bob Seger. Uh, no two ways around that. And... Uh, one of very few we can actually still play on this station, as luck would have it, so we're lucky there, at least in parts. Uh, but also, um, he went on to do some great music. And in fact, I, I have to say, he did an album in 1984, Southern Accents. The big hit was Don't Come Around Here No More, which was kind of a psychedelic hit. But it was it had a bunch of other stuff on it that was all about being a guy from the South and about about the legacy of the South in your the Southern way of life, the Southern way of living, uh, and, and how that affected him as an adult, as an artist, as a person. And it was summed up in a couple songs uh, that came out back then. The title cut, Southern Accents itself, and uh, a song called Rebels, which is all about some of the stereotypes of Southern life and, and how it ties into history. It's it's hard to explain it all. You have to hear it. I've been posting them on my blog all week. Uh, but the idea of writing about your background, where you are, what how it helped make you, was one of the things that got me into trying to write music myself as a guy with a huge chip on his shoulder about being a, con- a country mouse among the city mice. And so I got to say, I... Uh, Owe that to Tom Petty, if nothing else. And so uh, this smacked me upside the head this past week, dying right after my first time I got to see him last summer. Uh, His last Heartbreakers tour, his last tour of all. So thank you, Tom Petty. God bless you all. God bless America. If you're like most people near retirement, you're concerned about running out of money before you run out of life. Hugh Hewitt here with Sheila Franks from Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors. Sheila, it's a real fear among people. You know, Hugh, it really is. The people I talk to are really afraid and wonder how they're going to replace that income and protect the lifestyle that they've worked so hard to create. What's the one crucial thing that people need to consider, Sheila? Hugh, it's really about how are they going to generate income in addition to their Social Security to ensure that they don't have to change their lifestyle that they've worked so hard to accomplish. Are you 100% confident that your money will last as long as you do? Call Sheila Franks at Lifestyle Financial Tax Advisors. 763-545-5555. 763-545-5555. 763-545-5555. Sheila will help you create a blueprint for income for the rest of your life. Listen to Sheila's radio show Saturdays at 7 a.m. on The Patriot. Call her here at 763-545-5555. Hugh Hewitt is a paid spokesperson and is not a client of Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors or Global Financial Private Capital.
Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. Do you know the top three promotional items for driving new customers? We do. Do you know how to make your logo come alive and magnetically attract new, long-lasting customers? We do. And do you know how to ensure your logo is delivered on the right promotional items on time at a great price? We do. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Who are we? We're 4imprint, the nation's leading team to make your logo shine on your choice of thousands of promotional items. And right now, we want to share with you, for free, the top three promotional items for driving new customers. Discover them now by texting BAG11 to 88988. Let us show you what a difference the right promotional items can make to help grow your brand. With 4imprint, you'll get high-quality products, exclusive items, popular brands, on-time delivery, and outstanding customer service. That's what we do. Discover the top three promotional items for driving new customers by texting Bag one one to eight eight nine eight eight. That's B A G one one to eight eight nine eight eight. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is forty. He was getting sky high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around. I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-721-4880. That's 800-721-4880. 800-721-4880. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. This is AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.